really the change management that is the biggest bump. Um, but if everybody is know know what's happening or will happen a little bit more and more informed, uh, then the, the pill is less hard to, to swallow. Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast presented by Applied Software Great Tech Group. You're invited to join our conversation to model the future of construction innovation and the digital transformation adventure of this great industry. My guest today is Eric Benet. Eric is the BIM and VDC Technical Director of Great Tech Group Canada. He's a senior architectural technologist that has a lot of experience in construction, drawing room, and project management. Eric is a certified expert in Revit and ACI by Autodesk. He's a trainer, coach, BIM strategist, project manager, and Revit pioneer in Quebec, Canada, and helps firms with their digital shift and BIM adoption. Welcome to the show, Eric. Hey, thank you very much for the uh, nice presentation. <laughs> you're welcome. It's, you're a busy guy. It's, it's a lot of stuff to, to rattle off there in that list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I was uh, hearing you and I said, okay, yeah, I did all that. That's <laughs> <laughs> what we aim for. We're a confidence booster as you come in. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well, welcome to Bridging the Gap. Uh, I always like to start with just kind of your your backstory of, of how you got into this industry to begin with. Sure. Uh, well, uh, first, uh, thank you for having me uh, on board the, uh, this episode. Don't, um, so, yeah, my, my path is a little bit, um, I would say, uh, geared toward technology. So I first studied in architecture uh, at school. Um, in Quebec, we have technical uh, path, and then you can go to the university to become an architect. So I stopped uh, at the technical one. Uh, I wanted there to be more on technology side. I was always the geek one. Uh, on the computers and everything. Um, I remember myself at school learning AutoCAD at that point, and um, the teacher was not grasping some concepts, and I was teaching sometime during my own class. So <laughs> I was always, you know, in in front of my of my own. You know, I was, yeah, very passionate about it. So um, when I began uh, worked on different architectural firms. Um, it was on and off um, on, because I, I was searching myself what I wanted to do. And so I, I was working for um, some hospital projects. Um, I was working for the uh, prefabricated house uh, construction also in Quebec. I worked for a couple of months there and then worked my way on different architectural firms and was doing a lot of supermarkets and uh, offices. And then I was hired for, from, uh, by uh, Miguel University for uh, building management so all the project management side was appealing to me also and that's the point where autodesk bought revit in 2002 i think um and then i saw saw that coming and i said well i, I left my drawing work on the side to do more project management and then i saw that coming in and said well i dreamt about that for all my my learning years and drafting years and now it's it's happening there so I jumped into it. I did some side contracts on my own, uh, like uh, cottages in the, in the woods or houses. And then I, I was picked by um, a local reseller. I worked maybe two, three years there. And I wanted to start my own company. So I started my BIM consulting company uh, around 2008 and founded the uh, BIM user group in Quebec. Um, and then... Yeah, maybe at the most, uh, maybe 15 employees with uh, 
based in Quebec City and Montreal. And uh, we did a lot of different projects, having the uh, St. Justin Hospital, uh, the um, University uh, Science Center for, uh, for Université de Montréal. So there was a lot of nice projects, nice team. Uh, and then at some point in 2018, there was a lot of construction going on, a lot of competition around. So I said, well, it's it's good thing to maybe leave what I don't like to do in my company, which is like the administrative part and paying employees and things like that, and concentrate myself only on the BIM side. So uh, I decided to merge with uh, Great Tech at that point and, and do pretty much the same thing I was doing before. It's just that now I'm, I'm concentrated on, on the BIM side and helping marketing, helping sales and everything, not adding all in my shoulders. So it was less stressful and more fun also to be uh, you know, part of a bigger team. Uh, so that's pretty much my, uh, my path to so where I am now. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so what, what, how have you seen the kind of landscape change as it relates to, to BIM? How, what's that kind of evolution been like up in, in Canada? Yeah, it changed slowly, I think. Um, I was beginning, like I said, to work in uh, BIM consulting around maybe 2007 and six, just before starting my company. And there was a lot of curiosity. Mm -hmm. um, people wanted to get better uh, processes, maybe produce quicker and better, and having a better view of the projects in 3D instead of 2D regular CAD. Um, so a lot of, of yeah, Maybe the, the people with more vision, the company, maybe bigger company with budget came to us and we, we trained uh, different firms uh, at that time. I remember my first mandate was uh, two or three uh, firms in, in Montreal that were doing the hospitals and everything. So things began to change there. And this is why I, I founded the uh, BIM user group in Montreal to, so we could be together talking about it and how we're we're going to handle it and maybe present things and how the word could, you know, go out and, and bring people more uh, on that technology. Uh, so it, I think it changed um, organically uh, with some projects, having maybe a more uh, compelling architect that wanted to have some engineers on board and was doing the right sp speech and began like that. And at some point, the uh, government of Quebec, uh, the um, SQI, the uh, acronym, um, asked that some of their projects, more government projects were done in BIM. And then contractors, general contractors and architects and our engineers didn't add choice to, to bid on a project, they had to do it in, in BIM. And first projects were not like all 100% BIM, it was more 3D Revit, but it started slowly. And now we have um, a roadmap for uh, uh, the Quebec construction, government construction, uh, up until I think starting in two twenty uh, twenty six, all projects should be on BIM. So it it was handled correctly, I think, with the government, um, so they can help also companies to go there. Um, and the past years since uh, COVID, it was more aggressive because the um, the government put some incentive uh, for companies not to close doors because uh, construction was not that great. So put people in training. Um, so government uh, helped the people to uh, the companies to to get that training and get some projects done in, in BIM to take the uh, uh, digital change um, mm -hmm. that we, we need to get to. Mm -hmm. uh, so Eric, kind of double clicking, you brought something up with the, the BIM user groups. Uh, I'm a, a big believer in kind of sharing the, the wealth of knowledge as well. 
what what do you see as kind of the the big benefits that people get out of user groups? Um, first and foremost, I think it's the uh, the general knowledge that you can get there and not feeling alone on your island um, because sometimes you have one person that is working for a firm that is not on BIM and he thinks he's the only one in his in his world and you can't compare if he takes decisions he cannot be challenged by somebody else because he's the only one in the office you know uh, fighting for a certain point or mm -hmm. so when you have the um, that kind of group um, for sure you can have some technical or eye level presentation of some things but uh, there's usually in our Montreal group there's uh, more social events uh, beginning and end of year um, to mingle with people and uh, um, yeah, networking and things like that, but a lot of time we they bring somebody um, in the uh, in the field of BIM around the world and talk about one project, talk at another another one, and then the people can relate to these projects and say, well, I I could save that amount of money or I could be that more productive with the same project as I was doing. Mm -hmm. So then you have a um, uh, conscience of what's happening elsewhere. You're not like in silo and just seeing your projects. So yeah. I think it's the, the ability to, to bring humans together and, and share things together. Yeah, love that. So uh, as firms are kind of thinking through uh, their, their BIM process and trying to get a, a gauge on, on where they stand, what do you see as kind of some of the, the baseline necessities that the firms need to have in place when they're trying to uh, adopt a digital workflow and really raise the bar on their, their BIM process? I think the um, the first step of going into a digital change is to make sure that everybody in the firm, in the team, is is aware of of what it will be in, uh, implicating, or if they are all on board. Also, there's nobody else, you know, tr trying to you know pull back, or because then there's difficulties that will arise, and it's going to be more difficult. Um, the, the most uh, challenging thing. Um, with digital changes, actually the change management, it's not the new process or it, it's the new process is working well. It's just humans getting used to it and, and letting go their, you know, their old habits and yeah. getting to the new ones. And not reverting back when you hit a bump in the road. Exactly. And this is human nature. So for everybody who worked in design or uh, even in, in, in sales, sometimes when you try to convince somebody of, not necessarily selling something it's just to open their eyes and and say well that is better process than the other one and you try to convince people and it's hard i remember when i was working at mcgill university i was designing um, labs for doctors coming in and um, you just change like a uh, rotation of his office 90 degrees and he doesn't like it for two months or one month because it's, it's not there and even seeing it right. on plan it feels uncomfortable so it's really the change management that is the biggest bump um, but if everybody is know know what's happening or will happen a little bit more and more informed uh, then the the pill is less hard to, to swallow so it's it's something that um, I would really put um, importance on is uh, make sure that everybody's on board especially the um, the partners or the uh, office managers and everybody knows what's implicated and what's the benefit also that will have not only the the difficulties but why we're doing it and 
what it will bring us. Uh, mm -hmm. Then when there's that information that is known to everybody, then the change is much more easier. Uh, so this is this would be the uh, the first step. And then after, for sure, there's technical points um, to, to manage. It's like a diagnostic of, of the company, what we are doing now, and get yourself um, a, a professional like we are doing with, uh, with Greatech with our, our projects in, in Quebec. We make a diagnostic of existing conditions to our clients, and then we bring our knowledge of BIM processes and how we can, you know, ease some pain points and obstacles that the companies are actually facing and bring new and, and more proficient processes. Mm -hmm. And then after we go with technical, with trainings and everything, but this is regular stuff. It's a, the important thing with our experience is the handling of the first steps. So when your first steps are very well designed and planned before, all the rest will flow easily. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, basically the way the uh, Japanese are constructing. You know, they spend a lot of time preparing and there's no fast track projects. It's, it's pretty much like all planned together before and then construction goes very well. So we have to, uh, I think, to go in, in that matter of, of working. Yeah. So if, if we put a lot of emphasis then on the, the change management, how do you... Well, how do you get everybody really bought in at the beginning, especially those uh, kind of curmudgeon ones that, that want to sit on the sidelines and like, I don't like this. This is, this is different than the way we've always done it. Yeah. We already have a process that works. Why are we changing? <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's not easy. Um, for sure. With the, uh, the experience I had with some partners and companies, uh, we always have um, discussions with the, the partners before, and we, I like to uh, interview everybody that will be implicated in the, in the management of, of the change. Or mm -hmm. if the client knows anybody that I should pay attention to, I, I would like to know before and maybe have one-on-ones with them and explain very well how it's important and how it would be also important for that person. Because if he's staying in his old habits, uh, time will pass by, every company will pass to BIM and he will stay behind and his value on the market will go you know, down. So it's it's good for him to change anyway. It's just to to make it more easier. Maybe spend more time with that person and and yeah, explain things more and and listen to why you know he's concerned with that change. And sometimes it's little trivial stuff that could be easily fixed. And then it, that person becomes your greatest ally after. So it's uh, you just have to talk to that person and and to know what's you know his perspective. Bridging the Gap is powered by Greytech Group. As a global BIM and modeling expert, Greytech is dedicated to empowering construction and manufacturing professionals to digitize and industrialize their processes to improve performance and build a sustainable tomorrow. With more than 30 years in the industry, they know how to be your partner in a world where change is the new normal and always strive to enable their customers to gain an increased competitive advantage to model the future. Visit greatech-group.com for more information. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what I like about that is uh, I feel like a, a trap that a lot of people fall into is they, they have one uh, kind of benefit pitch deck, if you will, and they just use that for every single persona uh, along the, the line where it's not going to resonate with everybody. You got to be able to figure out what, where their sticking point is, what, what is their why and lean into that to address that concern. Cause it's valid. They, they have it. So 
address it, address it head on. And if, if you can speak to that, I, I totally agree that, that if you win those person, that person over, they're for sure going to become your, your biggest champion. And exactly. other people that are sitting on the sidelines seeing them become a champion are like, oh, well, maybe this isn't too bad. <laughs> exactly. Then there's the uh, influence of others then that, that will come too. So you try to always highlight the good things and, uh, you know, make it shine and talk to to each people there and have maybe uh, weekly meetings to uh, progress reports and comparing with other projects. And so every company is different, but uh, there's always a, a way to manage. Yeah. Is there certain misconceptions that you've come across that that a lot of the industry believes but probably maybe they shouldn't believe because it's it's not necessarily true on a certain uh, topic when, or yeah when coming into uh a, a bin process or, or trying to embrace more uh digital workflows is there misconceptions there along the way um i think um Youngest people don't have that much problem with technology or, you know, process or dig digital pro um, processes. Uh, it's more maybe older people, and I can include myself in there. So <laughs> not myself, myself, but other with my age. Uh, but um, yeah, it's um, you trust paper sometimes more than, than technology. You, everybody has lost a file once and it's it's not a happy uh situation so you have to to begin again but now it mm -hmm. pretty much is on the cloud and people don't know how much reliable that information is because it, it resides in more than one place and you can always go back to it um, but it always feels quicker to take a pen and take the information on personal paper on the side but it's not shared with other people's uh, other people so it, for myself i think it's uh some processes like this is harder to are other to, to, to change because we still have paper and pen, but we have to change the mentality of people and think always in the team. So if something happens, especially with the, our time now that we work from home, um, we don't have access to that paper anymore at the office. It's at mm -hmm. your home. So you have to share the information. Information is power. So we have to, to, to bring that information to most people. And there's a lot of different um, tools that can bring that together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, is there a, a certain trend coming into this year that you're taking note of that you think is going to really uh, help kind of shape the, the industry moving forward? Uh, from from beginning of COVID with the people working from home, what I've noticed is we do a lot more implementation of the uh, Autodesk Construction Cloud. Um, mm -hmm. It's amazing how, how many companies we we helped change uh, digitally to get to that, uh, you know, tablet in hand on construction site and people working from home to to get that information or work on Revit with a shared file on the cloud. And so it's that big trend we have uh, in Montreal. Uh, it switched around 2019, 2020. Um, we did a lot of trainings on Revit before, and now it changed to uh, more general contractors or architects that want to be uh, connected for the project. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's a big trend. Yeah, it, it's a it's an interesting trend to to call out too, especially in your timeline. That the uh, I felt like in 2019 and the the first couple of months of 2020 before COVID lockdowns took place, you, you were seeing some of that those early waves starting to to come in, and, and yep. momentum was picking up. 
And then obviously with everybody locked down and you couldn't go and do your process how you normally uh, were and everybody was disrupted, the technology adoption was just like a hockey stick straight up. Everybody started because you had to in order to keep the business moving. Yeah. And then they, they they realized that it was it wasn't as uh, intimidating or, or scary as, as what they they had kind of built up in their heads. Mm-hmm. And now they're like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it comes back to what we were seeing before. It's the change management. It's the, the fear of the unknown. You're not aware of what's happening. So you're careful. You're you're taking more time be- or you're. You're making yourself scenarios or ideas, but when when you're there, it's not that bad. It's just that you have to experience it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you see as the the next step in the industrialization of the industry at large? Um, yeah, it's a large question. Um, I I think it I think it's more, the change to digit, digital will be more global. Um, more smaller companies will go on it, not only the smallest one, uh, more sharing, more uh, information flowing uh, from for the, for the project. Uh, maybe some hardware, you know, um, improvement. Um, I look forward to a better um, augmented reality on construction sites or um, more uses of, you know, drones and things like that. They are all available now it's just that people still think that it's expensive to use but at the end the advantage you have to you know laser scan your site or use it as general contractor and uh, before a concrete pour and after one after ones to see if there's any deflections or things like that people don't know what you can do with the technology is already there so i think in the coming years it's going to be more sharing more cloud work and maybe more usage of of hardware that are available now, but people don't use so much. Yeah. Uh, so kind of on that, that future casting vein, great tech's mission is to, to model the future. What does that, what does that really look like to you? And what does that mean to you? Um, future is for me is, uh, to be visionary, um, to be able to, to foresee what would happen. And if a trend is a good one, um, to, to surf on, or if it's something that would be temporary. Um, so I was a visionary at that time when I founded my company of BIM Consulting. There was no com- company like this in Canada at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I made the right move. So I, I think Great Tech is the same thing, is to be the, um, the trusted advisor, because we have people all around the world uh, looking for you know existing technology, but we developed also the technology. We have a, a strong IP uh, team um, helping people uh, with different softwares, having our own softwares, but also putting some plugins to existing softwares. Um, so it's it's very important for me to have my team uh, be the first to know something uh, technologically uh, concerning BIM and construction. I hate it when it happens that when a client says, well, have you seen that? And I don't. <laughs> I, I want to be the first one to know and I want to be hands-on in it. And when I get the question from the client, I would say, yes, I, I know about it and I can show you trips and tips and tricks. Yeah. And, and I want my team to be there um, always one step uh, in front of, uh, of everybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that mindset is uh, very indicative of, of great tech Canada just got 
announced that they were uh, named a platinum partner for Autodesk. So congratulations there. That's a, it's a huge, big step uh, accomplishment for Great Tech Canada. I think it's the, the first partner to, to do it in, in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, so that's huge. Awesome. Uh, what is that kind of status? What did it take? What does that, that look like? What does it mean to uh, going forward? Uh, it's all this thing was new to me a little bit because when I was uh, my own company uh, before joining Great Tech, I was um, Autodesk uh, Training Center, but not reseller. So mm-hmm. all that thing with you know selling softwares and everything and being there uh, was not very understood from my point of view. And now um, since I'm with Great Tech, I saw how Im- how important it is uh, at some point because. The highest you get on that scale, and Platinum is the highest, uh, we have better um, link with uh, people from Autodesk if we have we want to have insights of what's up, upcoming and also if we need support or if there's a, a project very peculiar for a client that they can you know help us, uh, we have better um, communication together. And it mm-hmm. also, I think, show how uh, expert we are because to get to that level, like you said, it's so so um, less years that uh, um, than the other took maybe uh, took to uh, to get there. Um, it's a lot of effort, and it shows that our team is very passionate, and and we want to be the best one out there for every um, clients we we have and we will uh, get after. It's to be partners with uh, our clients and and work on projects and be more closely related to uh, Autodesk. Still having our own general. You know, neutral eye on on what's going on on other softwares, but with that um, uh, platinum level, we we guarantee that we have a, a good contact with with them, and we can offer the best service ever. Yeah, no, I think think it's awesome. I know that there's so much work that goes in behind the scenes on that, with yeah. getting all the, the specializations in and a whole host of of different products and topic areas and knowledge expertise as well, and be able yeah. to have kind of that stamp of a uh, approval is. Uh, yeah, it's like, very exciting. like you said, there's like requisites and we, ha- we have to fill some some things in the background that makes us eligible to to have that certification. And by example, in our team, we have a, uh, one specialist for construction, one for MEP, one for architecture, one for... So we have to get that team there. And it's not only putting a name on a sheet. They need to be certified and they need to prove that they are competent. So right. it's, it's all in the background and it's... Uh, yeah, it was not easy to uh, arrange everything, but uh, we managed uh, to do it, and I, I'm pretty proud of it. Yeah, you should be. It's a, it's a huge, huge accomplishment. Uh, so one of the kind of main currents of, of the show is all, all centered around all of innovation in the construction industry. So uh, with that kind of in mind, what does innovation mean to you? Um, it's it, a little bit similar to the other question about modeling the future. Maybe I, I answered the first question a little bit more on the innovative side, but for me, innovation is to be the first there and to do something that nobody else did before. To innovate is is to create something, is to uh, make make uh, maybe a, a certain process better, but in a way that nobody thought about it before. So it could be um, creating, uh, uh, like I said, a plugin or um, a new process or uh, having a solution that um, you know was not possible before, and then you you get to that to that part after with your creativity. And so, innovation for me is to be uh, in front of others uh, technologically, and and to yeah, to create something that was not existing before. 
Yeah. I like it. I like it. How do people find out more information on uh, what you guys got going on at Great Tech Canada or maybe connect with you? Yeah, sure. Uh, we have our websites and everything, so I will be uh, more than happy to answer everybody's questions uh, having getting my way. Awesome. Uh, final question for you. If I could give you all construction power and you could snap your fingers and innovate one thing in the industry, what would you choose to innovate? Uh, it's... Uh... It's a tricky question. I was just listening to Star Trek yesterday with Picard series, and <laughs> nice. it's like, okay, I would like to have like that kind of you know replicators and things like that. So if it was possible, you know, with having flight and everything, I, I think we can get there. It's just that we have to think outside the box, and uh, yeah, we, we I think we could do better construction and better you know communication. Not only uh, for sure profit and 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 commercial things is very important, but to think about the society and the, the green side of the planet and, and to work together to a, f a better future, I think it would be uh, the best for me. Mm. I like it. Great way to end it, Eric. Thanks so much for taking the time and, and coming on the show. All right. Look forward to, to many more times of you yeah, coming on. <laughs> a lot of pleasure on my side. It was very fun to, uh, to have that uh, with you, Todd. And now it's time for my Todd takes from this episode. First take, it is important to find a group of fellow innovators to bounce ideas off of each other. Sometimes it can feel like you are on an island, but you are not. There are a lot of innovators throughout the industry doing amazing things. Go find user groups to form community and get inspired. Second take, when implementing a new workflow, proper change management is key. Take the time to learn the motivation of people wanting to change, and arguably more important, those that are resistant to change. When you can address the concern and motivation across every level, you will be more successful. And finally, I loved the innovative mindset that Eric brings to the table in wanting to constantly explore what is out there technologically in order to bring it to others. That mindset is what helps to move the industry forward. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software Great Tech Group at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining the conversation to model the future on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Bridging the Gap is hosted, directed, and produced by Todd Wyant, edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an Applied Software Great Tech Group production. Copyright Applied Software Great Tech Group 2023.